You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. I hope everyone is enjoying the return of college visits and campus stops and on-campus evaluations and midnight manises and cookouts and barbecues and everything. I mean, we've been doing virtual visits and, and video meetings for about 14 months, so the recruits are finally on the road, and you can catch all the action at 24-7 Sports, all the VIP buzz on your favorite college football team, all the latest scoop and information on the recruits and where they might be headed this month as visits are basically taking over the college football recruiting world. And we've got the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports, Brandon Huffman, on the line to discuss some some notable visits for the number one player in the 2021 class. Brandon, first of all, how are we doing? Blair, I am doing great. Thanks. You're for you're all over. You're I mean you're all over uh, the map. So I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for that. And what we're gonna do here is discuss an, a player that's gonna be all over the map in the <laughs> next few in the in the next few weeks. That would be JT Tuimoloao. Recently was named the Polynesian Football Player of the Year and has been the number one player in the 2021 class. And while we have set our sights on 2022, 2023, maybe some 2024s here and there, this is still a marquee name that college football fans are keeping track of. And he's down to five schools and he's going to take five official visits. Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon, USC, and Washington in alphabetic order. So those fan bases are, I'm sure, tuning into this podcast, Brandon, and listening to your every word very intently. Well, this is part of the reason. I have to be all over the map, not just the 22, 23, 24, but for the number one in 21. And finally, our long national nightmare is over. We know JT's official visit schedule. It's been announced. It's been set in stone. He's got a little bit of a rapid fire towards the end of the visit, but starting this weekend on on Friday the 4th, he will make the short trip, the the shortest official visit that he will have in terms of location to the University of Washington, getting things started with the Huskies right out of the gates. Then he'll take a week off to graduate. He'll take a week off to have family in town, finish the schooling. Uh, Basketball is wrapping up at Eastside Catholic. Then he'll get right back on the road in the middle. Actually, it's the start of that week in the middle of the month with an official visit to USC. That will be visit number two. From there, he will come home for a day or two, head out to Columbus, go to Ohio State from the 18th to the 20th, come back from Columbus get back to Seattle, and then immediately that night, we'll head down to the University of Oregon. He'll come back from Oregon on the 22nd, get a little bit of a break, and then he heads for his final visit down to the University of Alabama on the 25th, in which the defending national champions and arguably the greatest college football coach in the country right now will get the last official visit and that last face-to-face meeting with young JT. Young JT, I mean, when you when you set in stone the official visits and you kind of go through this whole process 
that took forever. I mean, it has taken, we're in the month of June now, and a lot of his peers in the 2021 class, basically all of his peers, have either already signed, some have already enrolled, some have gone through spring practice, but he has maintained that he wanted to be able to take the official visits. And when you are the number one player in the country in the 2021 class, you do have some leverage and you're able to hold hold off and, and kind of do your thing. On his profile over at 247sports.com, Alabama and Ohio State have been pegged as as warmer in terms of his interests in those two schools. And then you've got the three Pac-12 schools listed as warm. That would be Oregon, USC, and Washington. Now, this has been, you know, for for the most for the most part, this has been kind of I think the the conceived notion is that he would be heading national and that he would be taking his talents to one of those schools that's been in contention for a college football playoff spot the last few years. Bama gets the last visit. Ohio State gets the second to la- or the third to, to last visit. Uh, squeezed in there is is Oregon. What's your gauge on it now? I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot, but. Before we get into the schools individually, what's kind of your gauge heading into the officials? Are you still very low on that confidence meter in terms of the Buckeyes crystal ball pick that you have in? Yeah, and frankly, I'll be honest. I've said this before. Part of the reason that I'm on Ohio State was because we could no longer be on blurry when we made the confidence level. And at that time, Ohio State was the leader, but I never put the confidence level past one. If I was a man that could only have a blurry pick and didn't have to pick a school, I'd have been on blurry. I would have never put it on Ohio State. That's not to say if you're a Buckeye fan listening that I don't think they're going to get them. I just think that this thing has been dragged out for so long with so many obstacles still to overcome in terms of the official visits to come and each school having to wait and see what each prospective visit is like that I'm just not confident in any prediction to make right now. I think the official visits, I mean, keep in mind, Ohio State was leading in the crystal ball, and yet they were the one of the only five schools that were his finalists that he himself has never been to. His family has never been to Alabama, but JT went down there going into his sophomore year, and then he visited those three Pac-12 schools unofficially with his family. In fact, two of them he took visits to this spring for a spring practice. So, you know, a lot of that was, at the time, I thought Ohio State was the school to beat, but... You know, I do think Alabama is going to have something to say about that. I think Oregon absolutely is going to have a say. Washington 100% is going to have a say. Of those five, I think USC probably has the longest shot of getting him, uh, but they're getting him on campus. And there's something to be said about that, too. So all that to say is I'm just as unclear now, and I probably will be just as unclear for the next few weeks until the five visits wrap up. And then I anticipate I'll have a much better idea. I like that you're going with blurry, even, even though it's been cloud. It's cloudy, isn't it? Isn't that our description? It is. I'm sorry. But, cloudy, but blur- blurry. Blurry. I, I like it, man. I, I like where you're going with that. It, I think it works. I think so. it works for us. We're joined by Brandon Huffman. He's a national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon Huffman. Let's start with the Huskies, the in-state Huskies, the hometown Huskies. The nearby school is going to get the first official visit. And this will be, I think, a school that most recently also drew a, a, an unofficial visit from him, right? He was out to, to Seattle and he was out at Mont Lake to take in 
in a, a spring practice um, of sorts with the Huskies, the appeal to, to stay home to, you know, to, to kind of be a, a hometown hero of, of sorts for them. Um, is there anything that he saw on, on campus or on that football field that makes you believe that, you know, the, the Washington Huskies are a legitimate contender now to maybe keep one of the top players in the country close to home? Proximity. I think that's what he saw is proximity. And that's something that you can't take into, you can't underestimate. I really think that is a big reason why at the end of the day, they're still right there in the mix, right there on the short list for him is for that very reason, the, the proximity, the opportunity to have all your family and friends in the stands at each and every home game, you know, not to say that couldn't happen at the other schools, but I think that that's something that, you know, Washington certainly brings to the table that none of the other four schools can really duplicate, at least to the level that the Huskies can. When you think about their defensive scheme in particular, and I know you're very familiar with Pac-12 football and, and out here, out west, you and I are always, you know, trading text messages with, with Greg Biggins while we watch some of those Pac-12 after dark matchups. But with the Huskies in particular, is there something specific that they've shown him on the field that would make him, you know, maybe a bit more enticed to potentially line up in that defense under Jimmy Lake? Well, I think you look at Joe Tryon going in the first round. That's something that certainly looms heavily for Washington because one of the big questions for the Huskies is, yes, they've had good pass rushers in the past. Harry Kukaha led the nation in sacks, I think, in 2014, but he wasn't drafted very high. You know, you had Vitave who went in the first round, Danny Shelton who went in the first round, but those guys are more interior guys. So then the question that, you know, the Alabama and, and the Ohio States and even, you know, Oregon with Kayvon Thibodeau as a likely top three pick next year and DeForest Buckner, uh, who's another pass rusher. They've had a little bit more of a recent history of pass rushers going in the first round. Now the Huskies do too. And the boot is to top it off. It's a local kid as well, you know, from Renton. So I think that, you know, he sees himself as a pass rusher, uh, as a guy that can be used in a myriad of ways on the outside, whether that's dropping into coverage, covering a back or a tight end, getting after the quarterback, just being used as a versatile edge guy, I think that's something that Washington has shown the propensity for under Pete Kukowski and Jimmy Lake. And then even with Pete Kukowski going down to Texas, I think Bob Gregory, Jimmy Lake, Akaka Malloy would all realize that this is a guy you want to feature in your pass defense as a guy you want to get after the quarterback. But if you need to drop him into a coverage on occasion, he can do that. We mentioned earlier that he, he was the Polynesian player of the year for this this cycle. And USC, even though you called them probably the the dark horse, right, or the school that has the longest shot of, of being able to land the number one player in the 2021 class, I don't know if you could ever discount the Trojans for a Polynesian player. JT Tuimolau, the fact that he's even going to take a visit down to LA, I mean, you never count out the tradition, the prestige, kind of the, the recruiting pool that USC is, has, especially for a player out West and and f when they get a family on campus and the, the family goes through and, uh, you know, checks out the, the Troy Polamalu and the jo Junior Seau and all the Polynesian players that have gone through there, I don't know if you could ever truly discount the Trojans and, and they will get the second visit after Washington. Well, and as I said that, you know, Washington offers the proximity to his home and to all his family. Keep in mind, he's got a lot of ties into Southern California uh, especially because his mom grew up there. His mom is her sisters and all her family grew up in the Ventura County area. You know, his uh, distant cousin is Ray Malaluga, former USC star. And interestingly enough, and I've told this story before, 
you know, the first college football game he ever went to was in Washington State. I think he was five years old when Ray Malu was playing his senior year at USC in 2008. And, you know, JT's grandpa is a pastor. Ray's dad was a pastor. I believe those guys were brothers. Um, and, and Ray and his mom are cousins. So, you know, and Ray left Southern California to play the end of his high school career in Northern California in Eureka and ultimately ended up back in the Southland. So there's ties down there too that you have the family ties. Then, like you said, you got... Troy Paul Romali, you got Junior Seau, but you got Ray. You know, Kerry Colbert and JT's mom grew up together in Oxnard. So there's a lot of ties there. Vic Soto is doing a great job recruiting on there. You can't, even though I think USC is probably running fifth right now, you still can't count them out because they were the childhood favorite. They also have a pretty good pass rusher. They already signed in this class in Corey Foreman, who, I mean, can you imagine if USC signed both those guys in the 2021 class? Yeah, no, that that would obviously be a, a step in the right direction for USC, which is aiming to take back the West, as they are saying. We've looked ahead to two of the official visits that JT Tuomolo'au is going to take this month. After the break, we're going to get into the three others here with Brandon Huffman. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. The month of June is finally here and the dead period is over. Official visits are back. Unofficial visits are back. We've got midnight madness and barbecues and cookouts and on-campus trips. Coaches and recruits can finally meet face-to-face. And with so much going on, don't worry, we will cover everything you need to know right here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. For the whole month of June, we are adding a new feature to the feed that would be every monday wednesday and friday during the month so make sure you listen to our special five minute morning episodes i will be joined by your favorite 24 7 sports national recruiting analyst to preview the visits and recap the biggest news as we navigate what will surely be a crazy recruiting month together that's every monday wednesday and friday in the month of june right here on the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast feed all right, so Brandon, we've talked a little bit about Washington and their chances for JT Tuimola while we've talked about the USC Trojans. Next up on his visit tour this month will be the Ohio State Buckeyes before he heads out to Oregon and Alabama. Now the Buckeyes have had a lead in the 24-7 sports crystal ball for JT Tuilamolau for for such a long time. And the fact that he hasn't committed there, obviously, is due to the fact that he hasn't been able to take visits. But I think the Buckeyes still should feel really good about their chances once he's finally able to get out to Columbus and check, check everything out a little bit more in depth. I think that that's the one trip of all the five that I'm the most intrigued by because, like I said, they had been the leader in the crystal ball, and that's the only one of his five finalists that he's never physically been to. I think the word Ohio State has had such a prominent role in his recruitment is Larry Johnson and his track record of pass rushers. When you go back to Penn State, you know, Tom Bahali, Courtney Brown, go to Ohio State, the Bosa brothers, Chase Young. You know, there's been a nice history of Larry Johnson and his defensive lineman development. Then you throw in the fact 
that JT's good friend and teammate from high school, G. Scott Jr., just finished his freshman season at Ohio State. Emeka Gupta, another one of JT's friends, uh, also from the state of Washington, signed there in 2021, is already enrolled. Ohio State has a lot of things going for it as well. And like we talked about with USC signing Corey Foreman, Ohio State got Jack Sawyer, who had a great spring, and I'm sure he would probably be a great selling point to JT saying, hey, we could be a pass rushing tandem that does a lot of damage. But the biggest thing that Ohio State has going from that, they've maintained such a large presence in his recruitment without JT ever having been there. So if he already liked them for all those reasons without ever having seen the school, if he goes there, he loves his time and he loves his visit. I think that only helps the Buckeyes. The only thing, and this I think would give me a little hesitation as an Ohio State fan, is the fact that they're not getting the last visit. And I think that's what we always look for in terms of the order, who's going to get the last shot, who's going to be able to make the final impression before he makes a college decision. And so he's going to go out to Oregon and Alabama after he goes to Ohio State. Uh, So if you're a Buckeyes fan, you hope that that impression they make is a lasting one. And and it's uh, they kind of maybe sit in pole position with a really large lead heading into those final two trips. Well, not only that, He's also got other visitors that same weekend. Now, they're all in the 22 class, but if you look at when he's visiting USC, I'm sorry, when he's looking at Washington, when he's looking at visiting Oregon, you know, the the days those are, there aren't other visitors there at that same time. So, you know, I imagine that he's going to get the undivided attention of the Ohio State coaches, but that that is something that, you know, they have to consider. And then, like you said, he's weighing his first two visits and then still has to weigh his last two visits. So maybe... The middle visit is the right one to get. You don't have four previous visits to think about, but you also have two more you can look forward to. You know, I think Ohio State would have loved to have the last visit, but I also think that they're probably happy just to get a visit at, at this point. You mentioned Corey Foreman earlier, and and aside from him, when you think about some defensive linemen or some defensive players, uh, especially the high-caliber ones, the five-star prospects, the ones from the West region that have stayed closer to home, you would have to look at Oregon as that destination, right, with uh, with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Noah Sewell and Justin Flo and, and a few other guys that are really good defensive playmakers. And if you picture JT Tumalau with the Ducks, that kind of gives them another boost towards potentially making a push for the college football playoff i know it's more of a local school in terms of proximity as well and and you know he would be i guess away from home but not too far away from home but i know the the push that Mario Cristobal has made and that whole that whole staff, they, they obviously changed defensive coordinators. And, and I think maybe the biggest question mark right now is what that scheme is going to look like um, after the departure of, of Andy Avalos. But just like USC, I don't know if you can really sleep on the Ducks heading into these officials. No, absolutely not. And I think, you know, we, we talked about the Polynesian connection there. You got DeForest Buckner, who was the Polynesian Professional Player of the Year. From Hawaii, went to Oregon. You have Panay Sewell, who was the Outland Trophy winner two years ago, went to Oregon. You obviously had Marcus Mariota, the first Polynesian player to win the Heisman Trophy, went to Oregon. So there's a lot of things working in their favor on that. Now you bring in Tim DeRuiter from Cal, who had previously been the head coach of Fresno State, but before that was the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M when Von Miller played. And he's going to have an opportunity to showcase Kayvon Thibodeau this year. Showcase, obviously, Von Miller when he was at Texas A&M. Even showcase Evan Weaver when he was at Cal as their defensive coordinator. So he's got a nice track record of showcasing and featuring pass rushers. And that's something that I think is really being used in Oregon's recruiting strategy is look at DeRuiter and his history with pass rushers. 
And last, but but certainly not least, that would be Alabama. They get the last and final official visit the weekend of June 25th. And Alabama already signed the number one class in 2021. And it's probably one of the, the best, if not the best recruiting class in the history of, of rankings and the history of, of, of kind of the, the recruiting class composite and, and, and all that. And you wonder, man, can if they, if they add a JT Tumalo out to this class, it would just take it to that very next level. I'm not sure if you could ever catch this 2021 class that the Crimson Tide were able to put together. And so you, you kind of think back to what I said earlier, right? The, the, the school that gets the last chance to make an impression probably has to feel good about at least being in in that second to third range heading into the trips and um you know when Nick Saban wants to recruit and and he's able to close he's shown and he has a track record of being able to close so I think that's going to be really interesting to see how he goes into those that final trip how he's feeling after the first four officials yeah, and keep in mind that it's been almost three years since he was last on the Alabama campus, and now this time he comes with his family. You know, he went there with his seven-on-seven coach, Tracy Ford, back in 2018. Now he gets his family to go down there. Uh, obviously, you've got, you know, a, just a, a, an incredible program at the University of Alabama, an incredible track record in history, player development at every position at Alabama, but not, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you, you have a team that loses a number of guys in the draft every year and still is competing for national championships. They have guys that maybe started a year and their first round draft picks. So really everything that Alabama has to sell is something that just about any good player is going to be interested by. And then you have Nick Saban, you know, imagine the last person that you get the face-to-face meeting with in the recruiting process is Nick Saban. And I mean, We've seen some of the videos that have leaked over the years from FaceTimes or Zooms or whatever it is with the recruit Nick Saban. And, you know, the guy is compelling. He has a way of getting good. He's a damn good coach. I mean, probably the best football coach we've ever seen in our time. And he gets results. He gets players in the NFL. He gets players to star in college. He gets players from near, from far, from all across the country, from, you know, the other side of the country. And I think this was the one that all the four other schools in his final five said, That is not who we want to see getting the last visit. So it's going to be Washington, USC, Ohio State, Oregon, and Alabama in that order, drawing official visits from JT Tumaloao, the number one prospect in the 2021 class who has yet to commit, has yet to sign. After that, Brandon, before we let you go, what what's next for JT? Do you anticipate him signing and, and heading off to a school right away? I think he'll probably take a few days, get his bearings straight, and then we'll see a division probably or this division a decision probably that first week in July, and then I think he will be on a college campus before the end of the month, if not sooner, so that he can get ready for fall practice. You know, the thing is, it's not like he's been sitting at home not doing anything. I mean, he has been working out, he has been playing basketball, he's still doing training in the morning. So I still think all of those signs are pointing to him being just in fine shape to be able to play this fall. Uh, but the sooner he gets to a college campus after he makes his a college campus after he makes his his decision, I think the better for his immediate contribution plans. JT Tuomolau, compelling recruit and all over the map. Brandon Huffman, compelling recruiting editor and all over the map as well. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, that is Brandon Huffman, a national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter, at Brandon Huffman. That'll do it for us. Check back later this week for more on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present 
a mountain of zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.